Hello, this is Simon Bean, host of the Learn to Grow podcast. This week, my guest is Joe Moriarty, who is the CEO of Raven360, a corporate learning management system for training-led growth. They do a great job delivering training experiences for customers, partners, and employees, all in a single platform. In our conversation, we discuss how pandemic pivots have revealed new opportunities, using training-led growth to generate client evangelists, and special guest Anna Bolton asks Joe what learning will look like when she enters the workforce in six years. It's always a pleasure to talk to Joe. This time is no exception. Here is Joe Moriarty. Okay, hey Joe. Hello, Simon. Thank you for having me. It has been too long since we shared hoppy beverages and talked L&D at the Harpoon Brewery in Boston. It's been a while. It has been a while, and I wish we were still at the Harpoon Brewery able to have those <laughs> hoppy beverages, but here we are. Well, listen, you know, 2020 has obviously been a bear of a year, uh, and I think for anyone in the learning industry, it's been both very challenging, but also for you guys, I'm sure a big opportunity to kind of step up to the place. Uh, can you catch us up on what 2020 has been like for you guys at Raven 360? Yeah, it well, <clears throat> it has been an interesting year for sure. Um, you know, about, let's see, about in March, what's interesting, I think, for us is in March of 2019, so a year before, you know, COVID hit and lockdowns and all that stuff, um, we took our U.S. operation completely virtual. So all of our um, sales, marketing, customer success, executive, everything that we that we did, we said, you know what, we kind of saw the trend in software to get rid of commercial space, kind of save some commuting time. And so we, we actually embraced it about a year before it hit. Um, so from an operational standpoint, we didn't, we didn't have a whole lot of change. It was like, all right, we're already on zoom every day. We're already kind of meeting virtually, but I mean, when we did it, it was a tough transition, but luckily I would just say we're, we were a little bit ahead of the, the learning curve. Um, because just going virtual in general, I think my biggest, issues that I had were, you know, are we going to be able to keep the culture alive? Are we going to be able to measure how people are performing? And one of the things I realized was that when you were able to not have somebody have to drive to the office every day, and they were able to manage their time a little bit on their own and have some more flexibility, it, it actually, we were almost more productive. Um, and you had to get better at, I think we had to get better at measuring just like what's everybody producing with. But the funny thing that I realized was that when, when everyone goes into the office all the time, I tended to get a false positive of productivity. You're like, well, everybody's yeah. here. They must be working hard. Right. But actually you're like, well, actually, you know, when you had to take a different look at like, no, wait, what are you, what, are, what is everyone actually contributing in terms of problem solving and documenting and all that stuff? You're like, oh, it's, it became apparent. I would say that sometimes there were false positives and what everyone was, what everyone was doing. So that, that was kind of an interesting learning, but you know, so then when COVID hit in March and the lockdown started happening, we said, okay, um, from a business perspective for us, you know, we're a learning platform, a B2B learning platform. And we were primarily focused on high tech. So we would sell to some of our big customers, Juniper Networks, Confluent, UiPath, GE Digital, so we, you know Dell EMC. So we we've had some very big high tech companies because it was just happened to be a very good focus for our platform. But we started getting different industries like a construction manufacturing company that makes construction adhesives, and they said, 
wow, we need to figure out a new way to train our distributors or the people who we sell through, even our installers. Like we had to like figure out a new method to get content and learning in, in a totally different world. So we got, we started getting a lot of inbound interest from non-high tech companies. Uh, this has been very interesting. And uh, one other example I'll give you is a company called Hydrofacial and they make spa equipment. So they were literally make for, if you go to like a high-end spa in LA and you want to, you know, get a facial or some spa treatment, they make the equipment that, to, that helps with that. They came to okay. us and they said, we want to set up an academy program to train estheticians on using our equipment. So that was a really interesting shift for us that the market, I think, because of COVID shifted to other uh, use cases for us. And that's, that's been, that's been wild. Um, you know, managing, I think that the, the social interaction with everybody has been tough. We, even though we were remote, we still tried to get together at least monthly or quarterly as, as a team, haven't been able to do that. So that that's a little rough. And, you know, we tried the whole zoom, Oh, let's get together Friday afternoon and, you know, have a, you know, a beer together on zoom. And that's kind of like everybody, you know, it's not the same, unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, we, you know, so everybody's had to deal with that, but we, we've also, Tried to work our way through it, but uh, I, I, I cannot wait until we can have another live event or we can travel. I never thought I'd say I wanted to business travel, but... Dying to get back on a plane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny. I would never have said that. I would never I <laughs> have said that uh, six months ago. Now I'm like, man, I would really love to go see a customer face-to-face, have a cup of coffee, talk, like do a whiteboard together. It's like, oh, <laughs> it would be nice. You know, you guys seem to emphasize training-led growth. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and particularly what the growth is in that cornerstone phrase of yours? Yeah, so every everything we do, it's we've tried to create this as really our North Star metric. So when we talk to, when we're looking at our our messaging, our product, our customer interactions, whatever we're doing, we always look at training-led growth and specifically, how many experts are we creating as our North Star? So we're always trying to point to that. So training-led growth to us is when we work with a customer, we say, we're going to train your internal salespeople to be great you know, sellers, meaning they understand the product, they, they get the value proposition, they understand the pricing, they can have a great, meaningful conversation. And we kind of start there. But then what I would, and so that's growth of an individual contributor. That's growth of a person who wants to get more knowledgeable, smarter, can deliver really good um, conversations. But then the, I would say the bedrock of training led growth for us is the customer education. So once a customer buys something, a piece of software, a construction adhesive material, a Spock, tech, whatever it is, that once a customer purchases Creating them to be an awesome user is what creates growth, what creates revenue growth. So training led growth for us is really about training a customer really, really well, giving them a great experience, learning how to use a product or a service, and then they become experts. They become this expert user of that product or service. We call that a, uh, an expert evangelist. And then once they're, you know, so, so you take somebody from not knowing much about a product, giving them a great learning experience, creating them as an expert, and ultimately they become brand loyal. They want to buy more from you. They want to grow. They want to expand. 
that's really what training led growth for us is, is creating that really sticky, really brand loyal customer of a, of a product. How do, I was just going to say, how do you go from reducing churn to, to a passionate evangelist, as you've said? So there's, there's actually a number of techniques to do it. Um, you know, number one, you have to give somebody a really good experience through, uh, again, learning. So give them a very simple, very easy uh, way to consume uh, the learning that they need. And so give it to them when they want it, when they need it, in the right kind of bite-sized chunks of learning. Everybody learns a little bit differently. Some people are hands-on learners. Some people are readers. Some people really like to consume video-based content in short segments. So you, you have to think about giving the right uh, modalities of the content itself to people and then let people experience it. We, we call them learning journeys. Let someone actually go down their own learning path and their own learning journey to get to proficiency the way they want. So giving them that type of uh, different experiences, different modalities to get there. That's kind of number one. Uh, Number two, a technique that a lot of customers will use is certifications. So once you start to get someone down the road to proficiency, then saying, look, we would love if you were able to get certified in this product. And then that that end user, you know, they, they really start to get some additional skin in the game. Certifications are usually paid for. And so you say, look, spend, a, spend some money. We're going to give you a, a badge that you get to put on your LinkedIn profile. You get a little bit of a certification on our product set that goes into your email signature. You know, so that's a very strong high, that's a very strong high tech um, technique that people use because they, there's a proven correlation between getting someone certified in a product and then them continuing to buy, continue, because they're invested. I mean, they've now invested their time. They've invested some money. They've got it on their LinkedIn. So they want to keep using that. Another technique is that high-tech companies will use is seeding the universities. So like uh, Cisco, Microsoft, AWS, Dell EMC, they've done a really good job with this where they start to give the technologies to uh, consumer science uh, departments. And then so when those university students graduate, they come into the workforce and they say, why aren't we using this? We should be using this product. It's, you know, I've learned it. I know, I, I, I'm, I've taken exams. I know what I'm doing. So there's, there's ways to do that. And then um, it, I'll give you a third uh, a high-tech, a non-high-tech example. Um, this is a company that creates, it's literally plumbing valves, brass plumbing valves. And they had to, because of COVID, figure out how to train their installers and their distributors how to sell the stuff because they, they would always do it in person. It was always be face-to-face. So what they're doing now is they've built really nice content, very short, and by the way, it's very authentic. That's one of the things that in this industry, you had to create this super authentic content. It couldn't have been some marketing guy talking about a plumbing brass fitting. It, it, they would have like shut it off immediately. They knew they had to create it had to be an installer. It had to be somebody that actually did the work. So they found a couple guys in their in their business. They had they used them as their their video. They shot you know two minute three minute videos. They had a little quiz at the end, and then if they finished the quiz, they sent them a little piece of uh, you know a bottle opener that had the, the 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 brand on it. And you know so that created. Then they started to become experts. Then they started to say these guys are great. I took this little quiz. I got to watch it on my iPhone. I, then they, they sent me some swag. I'm an expert at this stuff now. So it just it just it creates this evangelism. And and then 
I will tell you this, when somebody, let's say somebody changes jobs, if they've gone through that process of learning, getting certified, taking some quizzes, getting, doing what they had to do, many times when that person leaves a job and transitions somewhere else, they drag along the product or they drag along the technology with them. That's like where evangelism and training-led growth really pays off. Because now you're saying, you know, I got the one company really using this very effectively. Now they're dragging us into the next company. And that's where it can very much, you know, it's an exponential um, revenue growth. It's it's snowballs. And that's what that's what we're trying to create. It's interesting listening to you describe all of that. It sounds like a, a cultural experience that you're creating too, right? Because if you personalize the learning approach, make it available anytime, anywhere, you feel like they're invested in your development. You know, it makes you feel like you're a part of something bigger and that training is not just checking a box for compliance, that it's a part of a cultural experience. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, we try to stay away from that whole feel and look about the the compliance training that you had to do at the big, like, we don't want to do that. We want to give it very much, almost make it feel like a more self-guided experience where someone is, you know, they start to get motivated. They start to learn on their own. They start to, like you said, maybe gamify it a little bit where they can create some points and they can create some uh, incentives to keep going. So we try to be very thoughtful in that. Part of that strategy is content. So continuously thinking about what is the next piece of content. But it, but if you get a user and you get some people engaged in the learning, when you come out with a new feature, if you come out with a new product, if you come out with a, you know whatever you're developing, you already have the engaged community. You already have a bunch of folks that are already interested. So now, you know, you serve them the next piece of learning, the next piece of content. They go experience that. So it really is. It's about building the culture, like you said, building the community. Um, you do have to think about content. You have to be pretty, pretty thoughtful and diligent about creating content. But it's not long. And as I said earlier, it just has to be authentic. You want the content to be from a subject matter expert. It, in my opinion, I've been saying this for years now, and I think it's actually happening now, is, is that uh, it just you just need to get, it doesn't have to be overly produced. I think there's a place for some production value or some production of the content. But I think what's more important with learning is just the authentic subject matter expert, you know, recording it, talking about it, display, you know, demoing it, whatever it is. And it doesn't, it's not super costly. It's not like a, um, it's, it's more about authenticity. And I think that that's what, that's a big piece. And I think that that's key, but once you have a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a content creating machine going, and it's, again, it's pretty easy to do these days. We're doing it right now. If you think about it, we're creating some pretty good content right now where if we had the video up and zoom, we could be demonstrating some things and it costs very little. And then that can be, that can be really good stuff to put out. Follow up to that. Then if, you know, products evolve so quickly now compared to what they did even say five years ago. So that would mean then that product expertise evolves all the time, right? Because if the product evolves, what it takes to become expert in that product also evolves, which means the training has to change quite frequently and regularly. So were you saying then that content practices also have to shift to adapt to this kind of quick product cycles and these products that are always iterated, always updated? Yeah, I think the content creation has to be part of the agile, you know, process. So if, yeah. if you have a two week sprint where you have engineering or product development, you know, always pushing in these two week sprints, 
to get the, the, the little piece of code or the next product innovation out, the content creation has to fall within the next sprint or has to fall within that process as well. And it's not hard once you get it in there, but you have to plug it in and you have to think about, all right, who's going to, who, who creates it? How do we edit it quickly? If you have, even if you have to, um, but it, yeah, it has to get plugged into that product and almost everyone uses agile to some extent now. So it has to be within that, that two week, you know, sprint model. Um, and then you're ready to go, but it, it, you do have to, you gotta throw that into the, the process. Anna Bolton has been in the office on a work experience project this week, and she had some great ideas for questions to ask you. And we said, why not let Anna ask herself? Anna, do you want to fire away with your question for Joe? Yeah, sure. So, so hi, Joe. So I'll be entering the workforce in about six years. So how do you think that learning, like the learning industry, will have progressed um, between now and then? Well, that's a really good question. Uh, six years, I'm like, holy cow, that seems like a long time away, but it'll be here. It'll be here before we know it. Um, I think what we're going to start to see is just more and more of a little bit of what we described. Um, it's going to be experiential. I think as much of like experiential learning as you can have. So again, your, you know, you, your age group and where you're at in life, you, I mean, you've grown up with technology kind of embedded into your uh, schooling from probably day one, right? I mean, you've, 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 whereas unfortunately Simon and I, you know, it's like, we're like, you know, we've had to adapt to this thing constantly and learning about how to use mobile and iPad and iPhone and all that stuff over time. I think your, your age group and generation is so, um, such power users of technology that it'll just continue to be kind of shorter, like punchier, um, quick learning that perhaps have more hands-on components to it. So if you're learning a technology, it's almost like the technology will be a, it's like you won't know you're learning to some extent where we found that younger generations want to just use. It's not, it's not go watch some videos and read some stuff and then try to use a product. It's use the product and then start to, if you have questions, maybe go back and start to learn about it. So I think what's going to happen is we're going to embed more content in very these, again, like I said, these short, authentic kind of punchy segments that are embedded within a technology and it's all one thing. So it's all going to be like a contextual learning as you're like, as you hit something that you're like, huh, I don't really understand this. You've got the actual relevant content at the time of need right then. We're starting to do that now, but I think it's going to get much better. And um, you, I think you've even seen it with, some of these guided tours, um, like a what fix or things like that, where they kind of guide you through the product. I think we're going to see that evolve to where you're in the product or you're in a, and I'm talking about high tech and software. Like there's other stuff we'll do with, with, uh, you know, not with more traditional products, but with that stuff, you're going to be, it's very embedded, very real time and, um, access to even, uh, subject matter experts, maybe in real time through chat, so it's all, it's all just going to be, again, that experience of learning it. And we'll have to think through how do we give someone just a really, in, it, you know, interesting experience as it goes. I think that's where we're just going to continue to see evolution. It's, it's not going to be like going to these traditional courses and sitting through four hours of learning. It's going to be very much just as you're using, you're learning. And I think that'll actually speed up adoption. I think that'll speed up proficiency. I think it'll speed up everyone's expertise yeah great question 
Joe, thank you so much for, for hanging out today. You guys have been uh, very impressive in terms of how footloose and agile you have been as a company. And I know you guys really adapt your products to, uh, to change in times and excited to see what's coming down the pipeline for Raven 360. But thank you so much for taking the time to hang out. Simon and Anna, thank you. I appreciate it. Anytime. Always great to talk to you and um, happy to do it. All right, Joe. Have a great rest of your week. You too. All right. Bye, guys. That was Joe Moriarty, CEO of Raven360. Special thanks today to Anna Bolton, who did a phenomenal job in the research room for the show. As usual, I will add any relevant links in the show notes. And thanks, as always, for taking the time to listen. Take care and all the best.